And you can also find forgiveness. Everything is forgiveness. If you can't forgive, you're always in a hyper, you're hyper stressed state. I, I remember doing a show with Oprah. I've done many shows with Oprah. I used to be her coach during the 90s. And one of the wow. things she said that I liked was, uh, she said, you know, if you're resenting somebody, you're giving that person free space in your brain to torment you. It's the most foolish thing to hold on to the past. And yet people yeah. do. That's because monkeys can't let go. You know, you can do a thing with monkeys, with a certain set of monkeys. And you put a, the way you catch them is you put a box and you put some treats in the bottom of the box. And then you put a hole, which is just big enough for them to get their hand in. But once they grab the gold or the treats, they won't let go in their hand. They'll bite off their arm to get their arm off. They won't let go. Wow. Because once they got it, I'm not letting go. That's monkey mentality. We have our vengeance. We have our anger. We have our hate. We have our fears. We have our insecurities. All those things and our grief even, we can hold on to it and never let go of it. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. G'day and welcome to Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, we have an ultra special guest, Mr. John Gray. Yes, that's right. John Gray is back here for episode two here at Freedom Hack Radio because it was so awesome to have him here the first time. We just had to come back to deepen the conversation. And for those of you who don't know who Mr. John Gray is, he is the best-selling author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Since then, I mean, he's written 28 books. He is literally the number one relationship go-to guy. He's changed so many lives. He's sold 50 million books. You are really going to want to listen to what he's got to say today because we dig into the conversation of what's happening in the world, what's happening with all the chaos. How can we navigate our, our way through it? How can men deal with this? How can women deal with this? And let's get real. Relationships don't stop at being our spouse or our wife or our husband. We have relationships with our children. We have relationships with our brothers and our sisters and our colleagues and our business partners and our neighbors. Everything's relationships. So you're really going to want to dial in and listen to all of the massive abundant value that John provides today in this episode. And in addition to this, John is also offering a free four-day course that specializes whether you're a man, woman, single, or married, and it digs into how to enhance your relationships. So you're going to want to dial in and take advantage of that as well. So for those of you for the first time that are listening to Freedom Hack Radio, here at Freedom Hack Radio, we live by the freedom trinity of financial, time, and location freedom. And we also live in fulfillment by growing and maintaining balance in financial wealth 
health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun. And at Freedom Hack Radio here, we're honored to have industry leaders and experts come and join us in deep conversations as we explore, expand, and grow in all of these areas. So if any of this sounds good to you, or you want to grow in these areas, or you want to live in the, uh, the freedom trinity of financial time and location freedom, do yourself a solid, subscribe to this channel right now. And you know, if you find a lot of value in this, then share this video with other people so they can take advantage of this and they can live free too, because all of you downright bloody deserve to live free. So without any further ado, I'm really excited to introduce Mr. John Gray as we discuss deeply relationships and how to navigate in our current environment today. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, I am super excited to have back our very special guest, Mr. John Gray. So for those of you who missed out, you need to go back and check out uh, one of the episodes we released about a month ago. And, you know, we, we dug into so much. You're really going to want to check that out. But John has given us the pleasure of coming back today so that we can dig into these conversations even deeper. And I'm really, really excited about that. And before we do, for those of you who have been living under a rock and don't know who Mr. John Gray is, he's the number one best-selling author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which is this book right here. And that is the, it's the third book, I believe, that John brought out. And he's brought out 28 books. He's an absolute master at relationships. Actually, I don't know anybody on the planet that's changed so many lives positively in relationships. And I think he's sold over 50 million copies of books. So um, it's a real, real honor to have John with us here today. And John, I'm super excited to have you back. Welcome back, mate. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. Enjoyed being with you last time. And of course, I really liked being on any show that says we're going to hack. <laughs> we're going to have to brain, hack the brain, hack our relationships, hack the body for optimal functioning. I'm really into optimizing life. Beautiful. Well, let's hack into it today, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's been about a month since we spoke. Uh, let's start off with what's been the most exciting thing that's happened to you over the last month? Okay. Well, I have, I have a girlfriend. I mentioned last time my wife died a couple of years ago and I've been grieving. And after about a year, then I got a girlfriend and that really helped the process. I think starting over is really important that we need to go through. And, but what's really exciting for me is how, she had to go back to China, right? And, and it's really nice to even being here a single person during COVID, knowing that I have a girlfriend somewhere and being able yeah. to talk to her on the phone. I mean, as opposed to I don't have somebody, now I got to be searching for someone. It's so wonderful to have somebody. You know, the old phrase, love the one you're with, even if she's in China, <laughs> mm. I don't have to be searching and I can talk with her. But one of the things that in my relationship with her is, you know, I'm a well-to-do guy and a bit older than her, and she loves me so much, but she's always afraid, what if I was to die, okay? What if I was to go? Uh, she doesn't want to depend on me for her finances. She does all right alone, but she's now depending on me a bit, and so she's less stressed, but then she has the new stress of not uh, feeling like, well, if I depend on him, what if he goes, then I, I haven't, you know, continued making my own money as, as I used to. And so I figured out this thing in the last month. I said, okay, what she needs, she has a lot of assets. I'm, I'm teaching her how to use her assets while I support her. She doesn't have to spend her own money. She can use her money to invest. And I have, I've taken on over $25,000 in different uh, stock gurus 
Okay. I just want to know what everybody's teaching. And what's so exciting to me is my favorite one has no risk and it doubles your money in a year. I'm not going to teach it, but has to do with covered calls. But okay. it's it's not being greedy. It's just making 1% every week and compounding it. And you end up with doubling your money after a year. And when I explain to people, everybody says, why doesn't everybody do that? And I say, well, Warren Buffett does do it. He does. <laughs> but most people don't because... You don't get to make more than just 1%. You know, if the stock goes way up, you still only get 1%. But if every mm -hmm. week you get 1%, it doubles in a year or double and a half. It's amazing. So I did that as another tool for women who, you know, I'm always about how to help people in relationships. And it's very exciting how this system that I'm working on is working. And it's about helping people be financially independent of each other and yet also share funds mutually. So that's what I'm excited about. That's awesome, mate. And, you know, that's something that we're really big on here in, in Freedom Hack Radio. We're all about, you know, the freedom trinity of financial time and location freedom and big on investing. I mean, that's what I do. I'm a full-time investor. And um, so, like, how much time are you actually spending a week just on this tactic here? Well, on this tactic, I'm only, you know, these gurus that have, uh, they'll give you, they send you stuff and they have videos how to do it. I'm learning all the different trades, you know, mm -hmm. the, all, all the different kinds. And for a beginner, that's really overwhelming. So I'm listening yeah. to a lot. And, but I've, I'm basically each time I keep coming back to something my brother taught me, which is just doing simple covered calls on stocks that are explosive. You know, if there's a lot of frequency going into a volatility. And so many people are saying if it's volatile, don't do covered calls. Actually, my experience and his experience is covered calls you make potentially like last week on what was it? Uh, last week on Zoom. Uh, I made 4.5%, uh, not just 1% in a week, 4.5%. And then Beauty. it expired this week on uh, Tesla. Tesla, I'm just going to make uh, 2%. And then wow. I'll roll it over next week and I've already got another 2%. So it's just, you get these highly volatile stocks and you do cover call, you're very, very safe. If you're in a stock that you don't mind if it goes down because you're going to hold it, and it'll go back up. But when it's volatile, they always go back up unless yeah. it's some crummy company. Beautiful. And you're riding the coattails of people who know what they're doing. So that's awesome, too. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And I've, I've got all these different accounts. I'm doing it with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. But the one that's making the most money for me is the simple covered call. It's so simple. I love it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And if you don't mind me asking, um, you know, with all the things that are happening right now, is there, you know, certain asset classes or certain types of investments that you're pretty excited about right now? Yeah, I, I'm very excited about uh, the uh, the highly volatile stocks. That's all I care about. If it's volatile, that means you'll make two to three percent in that week. And with a covered call, if it's a solid stock that goes up and down, it will come back up. You might lose a few weeks waiting for it to come back up to where you bought it for. But but basically, if you watch it, and I don't need to watch it because I'm busy doing, I got a whole life, you know, I'm doing this just for my girlfriend, you know, <laughs> I make good money, <laughs> but it's fun. To, I made so much already. But if I watched it and I watched for my alert, I could always have a covered call when it hits my break even, I can sell it. And that week, it means I made nothing. I didn't lose anything. Yeah. And I didn't make anything. But I always can make, if you get a volatile stock, one to 3%. And, you know, these big tech stocks uh, with Zoom, Zoom, boy, that Zoom dried up four and a half percent. I made that week. Wow. Uh, and then it went back down. I don't care whether it goes up or down as long as it doesn't, as long as it doesn't go too far down. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. That's really, really good to hear. So, mate, I was actually on your website this week at marsvenus.com and I love checking out your blogs. You always like, you got so much awesome free content on there. It blows my mind. Some of the articles you have on there. And, um, you know, I came across a really, uh, I thought it was an interesting article. And the title is How Social Media Threatens Your Mental Health and Ruins Relationships. And I think that's just such a relevant topic right now. So can you unpack that for us? Yeah, I can unpack that. With social media, what happens is you're constantly, Facebook, we'll just do Facebook for a minute. With Facebook, you're you're seeing people's pictures. Just take one example. We're on vacation and we're smiling, okay? That couple, after smiling for the picture, could have an argument and fight and the rest of the whole vacation, he's pouting. You know, or they're not having sex and because somebody's feelings were hurt. But you don't know that. All you're seeing is how people pose for pictures. You can take anybody and people could be in the middle of a divorce and let's do a photo and they're all going to smile. So it always looks like everybody is having a good time, but me. And you're not seeing the life that these people are living. Not that it's a horrible life, but what you're seeing over and over is this snapshot of it looks like people are always having more than you. And now that you're comparing yourself to that, and then that makes you feel less than because you're not a snapshot. You've got, you know, all these good things happening in your life, but you've got other things that aren't happening in your life. You know, I'm a marriage counselor. I have to tell you, part of why is I couldn't understand why people would would get divorced or all these things. My parents were happy together. They stayed together. They never argued and fight. You know, it was a nice, nice neighborhood. And I lived in a nice neighborhood, which was mansions all around us. I didn't know it was the nicest neighborhood in the world. I thought we were poor people, but that was cool. It didn't mind to us. You know, there's always food on the table, hand-me-downs for my brothers. It was it was a good life. And, and I, th- I think I became a therapist because why are people having so many troubles? And it's basically fake news is that we, we have to realize that when we're upset with somebody, we're listening to our own fake news. And we're seeing it so clearly right now, like in America, where you have the left and the right, the Fox News and, and the MSNBC News. It's comical to see that the right will say what's true, but leave out anything negative about, about themselves. And the left will say what's true to a great extent, but leave out anything negative about their point of view. So everybody has part truth, partial truth. And if we could just realize that if we're unhappy, we're only looking at partial truth because it's never that bad. It's never that bad. And how do I know that? Because everybody's been through difficult situations and then it gets better. And then it gets better. So it's never that bad, but we tend to freeze ourselves in that instant picture. And watching social media, one thing is you're constantly being barraged by that. Now, if you go look at TikTok, which I love TikTok, massively, massively addictive because it's short, it's new and different, it's out of the ordinary, it gets a point, it's a dopamine hit. And you're constantly getting that stimulation of new and different, new and different, new and different, new and different. And the same thing with Facebook, you zoom down all these new and different happy people, new and different happy people. Or what you also see in social media is people who validate your own negativity. All right, that, that's your Twitter account. <laughs> is, is you get all this negativity and it validates your own negativity and you're living in partial news. Negativity is false news appearing real. That's what it is. If you actually look at the complete truth of anything, it's not so bad. 
it's not so bad. You can look at global warming and you can also see other factors that aren't about global warming. You know, change happens in this world. We adapt to it. We make good of it. And I focus primarily in relationships and I've seen consistently, nobody's a victim in relationships and people, all victims don't like to hear that, but they spend an hour with me in my office or read one of my books and they'll say, oh my gosh, yes, everything I feel I'm victimized by is true. But what I didn't see is how I created it all, how I contributed to it all, how I allowed it to happen to me, what I could have done elsewhere, how I unknowingly sabotaged myself. But without that knowledge of the complete truth, what happens is people end up feeling victimized or they see other people's half truth. You know, you see people driving fancy cars, and then you find out like movie stars, oh, they make so much money, some of them, but they've all been to rehab. Do you know what it's like to be a person who went to rehab, what it took to get there, misery, suicidal feelings, hate, tantrums, despair, depression, drug addiction. And then you go to rehab and you see people, oh, we're, I'm in rehab. You know, somebody says, I'm in rehab. They had a miserable life. And you don't see that miserable life. You think, oh, they're a famous, successful person. So we never get the full picture on social media. And we also get overstimulated. Again, instant, 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 instant. And what that does, let's do the exaggerated form of social media, which is pornography, okay? Social media for women is pretty much the main addiction. For men, it's more online porn. And we would think, oh, that's innocent, looking at naked bodies, that's all fun. Having sex with some woman feels fantastic. As a matter of fact, it feels fantastic to our brain and it produces cocaine levels of dopamine. And that desensitizes brain neurons so that a real woman can never make you feel that good. Now, if you've never been overstimulated, then a real woman can make you feel just as good as those porn people. But once you go to non-personal non sex for men, non-personal sex will always produce more dopamine because personal sex involves other hormones and brain chemicals. It produces more serotonin, which keeps dopamine from going too high, produces estrogen, which keeps your testosterone from going too high, which would overstimulate dopamine levels, produces oxytocin, which definitely lowers dopamine levels. So all those factors allow you to have a personal relationship with someone you love, and you can have this maximum sexual fulfillment through that. But then suddenly you go along over here to this high dopamine stimulator because you're missing all the other hormones. Just like in social media, you're missing the complete truth. Everything is not as good as it looks sometimes or everything is not as bad as it looks. And so when you get that high dopamine stimulation from partial truth always, you will then desensitize dopamine receptor sites. So reality is no longer as exciting. And that's what happens. We see now we've got 21 year olds who are now impotent sexually with their girlfriends. We've got 25 year olds who should be studs. You know, they should be have a lot going on for themselves. <laughs> and then you've got half the men at 40, half the men at 40 in America take Viagra in order to function. You know, I'm almost 70 years old. Every day I can function. You know, this is like hacking your body to stay young and healthy and vibrant. It's all about hormones mm -hmm. and it's about not overstimulating your brain on social media or on pornography because it's all fantasy. Fantasy overstimulates the brain with dopamine, whether it be positive fantasy or negative fantasy, it's not real. You're reacting to what's not real. And the same thing happens with the news. You know, I don't even watch the news. I watch five minutes of the news. When you sit and hear these people talking about this horrible crisis, that's so many people are, are getting COVID and so many people are dying, no. 
we're talking about a disease that only kills 0.001% of the population. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly yeah. it's become, you know, car accidents kill more people. Heart attacks kill, what is it? A hundred times more people. How to high blood pressure. And then if you're vulnerable for sickness, by the way, people should know, don't be worried. You can worry for people who are sick. Don't want to give it to them. I get that because it is very contagious. But if you're, if you're not obese, there's nothing to worry about. If you're not taking blood pressure medicine, if you have high blood pressure, you're much safer than taking, well, I don't hear that. I don't want to say that. If you're taking blood pressure medicine, now you're vulnerable to dying of COVID. If you're obese, you're vulnerable to dying of COVID. If you're taking insulin, particularly, you're, you're, you're uh, vulnerable. Now that's just to know, everybody else, nobody's got a problem. And if you do have a problem, it's point oh 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 one percent because just so happened you got COVID along with something else you're gonna die of anyway. So let's be like realistic, it's fake news. The whole news is obsessed with the dangers of this and the dangers of this and the need for this and the need for this treatment and this treatment, and this treatment. You have high blood pressure, guess what? Meditate, aerobic exercise, and you'll normalize it. These are, these are lifestyle diseases that we're responsible for being lazy or not being loving. So that's A. And the yeah. other one is diet. Diabetes is completely a lifestyle disease. It's bad diet and correcting your diet will save your life. If you wanna be a victim in life, you wait around for somebody to fix you. And if you're gonna be that person, you're gonna be a victim and die of COVID. That's the way the world is now. So mm -hmm. take responsibility of your life now to be healthy. All of these things that I just mentioned that make you vulnerable to dying of COVID are conditions that you set up in your life, you're responsible for, and you have the ability to change them 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, we have so much power and we give our power away if we're not taking responsibility of it. So on that note, I mean, I actually, you know, I'm watching all the things that are happening and, you know, everyone's got their own opinions and I'm, and I'm looking at all and I'm just thinking, wow, this is like almost like one of the largest amazing science projects to watch how the psychology of people just go in a certain direction because they're told something. And, um, you know, I, like, I, I, I probably spend about two to three hours a day studying the economy and studying things. And since COVID come along, you know, I'm, I'm studying a little bit more about that. And it's surprising how people have such strong opinion about things, but they can't really hold a conversation about it because they haven't really done any research, but, you know, they're willing to like, you know, stop and yell and, and go crazy and, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, like what, what, what's the, the, what's the psychology behind all of this? Okay. So to be in the most optimistic, positive way, I also see there's many, many factors in this world, greed, deception, cruelty, and so forth. But let's put all that aside and just look at the media. In the media, danger sale, sells, okay? The bigger we can make the story, the more money we can make. Besides the fact they make their money also by excluding anything on natural solutions for health and everything is drugs. You see it, they mainly, the drug companies rule <laughs> rule than media because they pay the money. Okay, so that's one. But the other one is when it comes to news, it's big business. And news is not exciting unless it's dangerous and negative. Mm. So we've got a media system that fuels off of, I need more people to watch this in order to make our money and have advertisers. And so what we do is we give people fake news. Both sides give fake news. Politicians are always, you know, we always knew politicians lie. We rationalize it going, well, you know, they can't tell you everything uh, because 
they can't tell you everything. <laughs> Did you know in America, I don't know about there, but in America, in an, in, it's, it, it's legal for politicians to lie in an election year. I mean, blade out lie. Okay? okay, you can say anything you want in a commercial because theoretically, if you lie in a commercial, you should you can be uh, fined by the government. But during an election year for a politician, you can legally lie and say anything you want. Now, think about wow. children. Think about children when you're in fight or flight. Okay, this is the psychology of it. If you feel threatened, blood. This is biology. Blood flow stops to the front part of the brain and goes to other parts of the brain, which are purely conditioned parts of the brain. That's like a child. Everything a child does is conditioning. And this is truth. It's called monkey see, monkey do. If they see it, they do it. They don't even have fully developed the prefrontal cortex of the brain where they can reflect, reflect on an automatic reaction and go, you know, why do I have that reaction? Maybe I want to change that reaction. Maybe I'm going to try something different and generate a response and ignore the reaction or not buy into the reaction. Maybe explore the reaction, but then let it go and create a new pattern in the brain. That's the neuroplasticity of the brain. That's why we can now transform our lives for things that used to make us angry. That's called being triggered, no longer trigger me. For example, if I'm driving my car and somebody doesn't like the way I drive and they give me the finger, I just smile at them now. <laughs> just Did laugh. that used to bother you? Before Did that used to like get you wound oh, up? Oh, I want to give the finger back. Yeah, it's yeah. just a reaction. Monkey see, monkey do. You do that, I do it back. And now I smile. It doesn't affect me at all. I mm -hmm. see that's because I have changed my reaction. That took a lot of work to do, even though I was mm -hmm. a quite enlightened kind of guy. Uh, one of the big things that took time to cure for me was if I like to drive fast in the fast lane. And if somebody's driving slower than the other lanes in the fast lane and locking me in, I think sometimes they're purposely locking me in. There's a slow car here and they're going slow. There's no way I can get through this thing. And I my reaction inside, not me, my reaction inside was I hate you. I don't even know you, but I hate you is what I feel towards that person. Yeah. And then when I drive by them, eventually I'd want to look back and give them that hate stare, you know, like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm this real loving guy, but that would happen. Then every time I look back at that person, whoever it was, instantly I could see, oh, you know, that's a little girl doesn't know how to drive her car, got a new car, she's scared. Oh, that's an old guy. Or that's somebody from another culture who's like a little nervous and they don't know all the rules. There's always a mentality of why they're in that fast lane going slow. And I can immediately understand it and let it go. And so what I practice is recognizing whenever I hate something, there must be something I don't know about that person. So let me sus suspend that and not engage in that. When you practice these things, which you don't let your reactions rule you and you give yourself an alternative way of looking at it, you actually grow neural connectors in the brain. So hacking the brain, there's some really great studies now which are done on this to show the importance of not buying into your reactions. It's all based on illusion. So let's take a real dramatic example of this Okay. Where you can see this on, uh, on online at these uh, TED Talks, or yeah, I think it was a TED Talk. And you look at a technology for people with strokes. Now, okay. if you have a stroke, it means it got a blood clot, blood oxygen doesn't go to a part of your brain and it dies, it's dead. And that part of your brain, let's say, controls your right hand. That often mm -hmm. happens. Left hand's fine, but the right hand doesn't work. The rest of your life, you'll never be able to use your right hand. Done, finished. So what they found is that you can retrain the brain. You can, through imagining, through creating a new pattern, you can have a different reaction. 
So what they do is they take your left hand, which is still working and, and put it on a table. And you have on the right side of the table where your right hand would be, they put a mirror. And so my arm is lying helpless. It doesn't move. My hand is not working, but wow. I can see my left hand and I can look over at the mirror and it looks like it's my right hand. And so all I have to do is keep moving my left hand with the intent to also move my right hand. I want to move both my hands. And you do that over and over and over. And then this hand actually starts moving. And in wow. six months, both hands work again. Miraculous. What did you do? You imagined that I can that I can move this hand and the brain came around and did it. How did we learn to walk? See, we saw our parents walking. So we imagine walking. And so we start crawling because before you can walk, you have to develop certain muscles to where you can then lift your body up into the air and walk. So everything we do is based upon what we have a vision of. And then we hold that and we work towards it with will. And what happens is in relationships and life, when we get the partial truth, we get the partial truth, then that pattern grows. We believe that over and over. And the more we talk about it, the more we believe that limited reaction and that's our reaction. So then we, we and we can't bear to embrace the opposite reaction, which we've just pushed away because that is the opposite. We've, we've given a partial truth. So if I believe a partial truth because it's partial, that means what you say is wrong. And so people can't hear both sides. And now we got politicians who can't hear both sides. And from my side, I and a whole society that just can't talk to the person, you know, some of my friends, if you say you're voting for Trump, not that I, I don't know, I'm not going to say who I'm voting for, but for some of my friends, if you say to them, I'm voting for Trump, how could you vote for Trump? Oh, they get so upset, just really mm -hmm. reactive. And yeah. if I talk to other friends, I say, I'm going to vote for Biden. Why would you vote for that guy? You know, it's, it's such yeah. a strong reaction. These are our fight or flight reactions because we're not coming from the front part of our brain. You can only retrain your brain when you're coming from the front part of your brain. But from my perspective, the biggest obstacle in the world right now, which is causing the polarization of left and right, mm -hmm. the inability of people with different points of view to embrace and understand and at least not react to another person's different point of view, which is called conversation. Now, in order to, the reason why we can't do that as a society today, couples can't do it. You see what's happened today is women have become more masculine. Now they have that potential anyway, mm -hmm. but in order to become masculine, they deny their feminine side. And some women become masculine because their feminine side has been hurt by their fathers or they don't have a message sure. that the feminine is beautiful and lovable, whatever. So for whatever reason, a lot of different reasons, they push down their female side because it's weak, they feel, they don't appreciate it, they don't see the good in it, they think it's uh, a doormat. It's none of those things, but they think it is. So if, you, if you're a child and you feel a woman, and I can't trust men to be there for me in an interrelated relationship, interdependent, I can't depend on a man at all, then you have to become your own man. And becoming your own man, you push down your female side. So what happens, this is such an interesting thing, is because women are way on their male side, they're the ones that reject femininity because femininity loves masculinity. Masculinity mm. loves femininity. You know, when a man is in love, he kneels before a woman and says, I am yours. I'm dedicating my life to you. You're more special than anybody else. I'm going to share everything with you. Now, he loses that. Like any job, if it doesn't pay, you tend to quit. 
but he thought he had the anticipation that she was going to love him. So he's going to do that when she stops loving, he stops doing that. He stops doing that. She stops loving. So there is an interdependence here, but the reality is what's thrown everything out of balance is this nonsense they're teaching in universities, not so much in Australia as in America, where you'll see this extreme liberalism, which goes too far where everybody's feelings are so sensitive. Everybody's offended. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's mad at each other. And, and, and nobody's a woman and nobody's a man. Now there's no such thing as man and woman. It's you like don't crazy. Even, you don't even know what pronoun to use. That, that's right. Yeah. All, all in the name, all in the name of men and women aren't different. No, now we have 15, 25 differences and we're wow. creating more separation, more taking offense instead of recognizing there's physical biology. If you've got a penis, you need to make 10 to 20 times more testosterone to feel happy and well, have well-being. And if you're a woman, then you need to make 10 to 20 times more estrogen than a man can make in order to be happy. And, and is that regardless of sexual orientation? Yes, yes, absolutely. This is biology. Okay. See, biology doesn't care about sexual orientation. It cares about for women, can you make a baby? And can men, mm. can you make a baby? That's yeah. your basic unconscious feed me and have sex and reproduce. These are like mm -hmm. our basic priorities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't fulfill the needs of those priorities, you're an unhappy person. And when you're an unhappy person, you always blame the wrong person because that's what craziness is, is blaming the wrong, it's the partial truth. You're blaming society for not accepting you when you don't accept you. And so it creates this polarization where people can't hear different points of view because internally women who are more like men who don't embrace their feminine cannot hear the feminine wisdom and men who are too far on their female side. And they are any addiction you have as a man is estrogen producing. Okay. Pornography, <laughs> social media for women makes them actually go more to their male side and they're okay. comparing all the time rather than being happy with what they got. Mm. And for men, pornography pushes them over to their female side. When you're having sex with a stranger online, your estrogen levels just shoot up and your testosterone goes down. If you're making love to a woman, your estrogen shoots up, but you're also making a lot of testosterone because you care about her. So to have sex without love and relationship depletes men of their masculine power. And to have sex with men they don't love or simply to live in this fantasy world where women are feeling like, oh, my world, I'm a victim. That's a fantasy. And of course, yes, I know your fantasy is real to you. You created it where you don't have any reason to be happy. You can find a million reasons to be unhappy except yourself and what you've chosen and the, the, the behaviors you have, the mindsets you have and the justified hate that you carry around inside of you or the justified resentment is more common for women. And this whole victim mentality, victim mentality is an illusion. And yes, the world isn't fair. And yes, the world is filled with suffering and yes, there's problems everywhere and that's called life on earth. And you know, I really enjoy teaching in China because in China, nobody blames men for the problems. Really? Yeah, they accept that life is suffering. Okay. And now they have an opportunity to get ahead. So women are not feeling like, oh, you know, what is the word that they use about men in universities that were privileged? Okay. They don't see men as privileged. They see men and women as struggling and they blame the system, they blame the world, but they feel that through their efforts, they can overcome it, although they don't because they feel they have to work really, really hard. They don't take time for themselves and, and women okay. are way masculine, but, but yeah. they're not blaming men for that.
Now they may blame their husbands in relationships, but it's not a cultural phenomenon that you find in educated women. I won't say all, but what they're educating them is that women have been oppressed and poor oppressed women. And so if you actually were a woman who stayed home raising your children and your husband supported you, you wouldn't even fully appreciate him because you go, yeah, you get to go to work and I don't get to go to work. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what some women feel. You're so privileged. You can make more money in the workplace than me. And then you have women who are making more money than men. It's happening all over the place in America where women are making more money than men. They're still doing the war cry, poor women, poor women, when actually two to one women graduate in college than men. Those women are getting high paying jobs. If you look at women who are 50, yeah, they make less than men. But you look at the modern woman who went to college and the modern man who's not, they're making way more than men. They're making $1.30 to a man's dollar if you're looking at single women under 35. So really? we, But all we hear is, oh, how poor women, they don't make enough. And it is true. Poor women uh, who are, when, they, when they're pregnant, they're willing to take on jobs that don't pay very much. So those women do make less. But what you're not looking at is how many men aren't making money at all. That's called men who are out of work. Yeah. This is like all we get is partial news. Poor women, poor women. Now let's look at how many women get raped. All oh, these horrible men who are raping women. Now rape is a horrible thing. And certainly it does happen just as violence happens. People shoot each other all the time. People do violent things. And mostly it's men being violent. Why are men being violent? Just so you know, biologically, they're not paid well. That's why. Really? If men don't get paid, why? Then basically their testosterone goes down because they're not getting paid. They're, they're slaves. You know, we're in wow. a culture. Yeah. Is this, so is this the strength in like, you know, low demographic areas where there's higher crime and, and like, this is it? Of course. Of course, wow. it's poverty. When men do not have opportunities to make more money and when men do work and they don't get paid enough to provide for a woman's happiness, that's the whole mm. bottom line for us. It's not mm -hmm. just to have a shiny car. It's they not to have feel. the latest iPhone thing. We want that. But the reason we want that is because we want to be able to, on a deeper level, to provide that for a woman who will love us. That gives it, meaning to our life is relationship. So they feel insignificant and then go to violence as a way to try and take some kind of control back or power. Or you you like can this. even give a million reasons to it. But the biological reason they go to violence is two reasons. Because if I was poor, I wouldn't go to violence. I would go to probably uh, suicide. That's, that's what my family generation does. I've never witnessed violence in my family, so that would not be my go-to. Okay. If a child witnesses violence, then a, a male, and they witness violence or been the effect of violence or watch violence in reality, so that and, and is the violence. Then what happens if their testosterone goes down and their estrogen goes up, let's say you're drinking alcohol a lot, or okay. let's say you're doing a lot of porn, or let's okay. say you're just passive watching football all the time. Watching okay. some is great. You know, we need to relax and build, rebuild ourselves. But all the time, you're addicted. Any addiction for a man raises estrogen levels and lowers testosterone. Then if you feel challenged or threatened in any way, you lose control completely. You have no control. Whatever the programming was that went inside of you from childhood, and it cannot even be your parents. It could have been their parents and their parents. I mean, why do you think I have this nose? It's from my great grandfather. You know, mm -hmm. people will have the identity traits that come from many generations back. We are programmed by many, many generations and they were programmed all the way back to monkeys, which is why many people, if you step on their foot, they don't say, please stop. 
they make, ow, oh, ah, they make noises and they get louder and louder and they yell and scream. This is monkey behavior. This is the American <laughs> debates. <laughs> I mean, just look at two monkeys up there. That's all it was. Like eight-year-olds who have no decency, no, no adult in the behavior, starting to throw names around. And, you know, our president has become like, some people admire him because he's so good at jabbing other people. Why should we be appreciating people who can say bad things about others, which are so clever? Because in a dysfunctional world, brutality is coming back. Bullying is coming back. But the reality that we're really living in is bullying doesn't work anymore. It's love that's the answer. But we're kind of regressing right now in America to realize how stupid it is, so we'll move forward. But sometimes we don't correct ourselves until we recognize so clearly that we're off base. And that's my hope for the world. As I populate, as I write these books and I continue teaching, pointing out women today are stressed out and it's not men's fault. It's your fault. And men are stressed out and they're addicted and it's not women's fault, it's your fault. We have to take responsibility for the misery we create in our lives. And there's possibilities. If you learn to do that, there's a new way of looking at the world through a different lens where you can now change the actual plasticity in your brain, where you can become a loving person, a woman who is balanced with both her feminine loving size, her happy side. See, feminine energy is happy, it's fulfilled, it's grateful, it's appreciative, it's loving. And we all have it inside of us. It's just women are that. And when they become too masculine, they lose that. What you want is a balance of both because power, the ability to make money, to have an effect, to drive, to grow, to change in a positive way. That's your male side and that's good, but you've got to also be loving to yourself and to others. And women are just not loving to themselves. And then they blame men for it. They want men to be emotionally available, quote, that's what they say, when the woman is not emotionally available. She's not able to share her love with her partner. She's trying to change her partner. The only amount of emotion that comes out of her mm -hmm. is wanting to complain. And once you complain to a man that you're married to, your neurochemistry changes and you start getting a root and you complain again and you get another neural connection and another neural connection. So every time you're stressed, your brain goes to complain about my husband, complain about my husband. I've got all these other things that are stressing, complain about my husband. That is an addiction. Women are addicted to complaining. Men are addicted to stimulants. This is the reality we live in today. And why I say it's complaining, they've done research on this, where you have an MRI and you can see brain activity. And in that brain, brain activity, if you're a depressed person, you have anxiety, you can't relax, you can't, you, you, you put a picture up of somebody you're upset with. And what happens is your brain becomes upset, you're triggered. And what happens in your brain is it goes right to the part of the brain and shows up just like you took a dose of cocaine. Whenever wow. you're having a negative complaint hmm. and you verbalize it to the person you're upset with, you're reinforcing using negativity to get what you want wow. rather than never use negativity to get what you want and develop the ability to use positivity. But you've got to grow those roots. Monkeys only use negativity to get what they want. If they don't get what they want, they're like children who throw a tantrum to get what they want. And a lot of us, we threw tantrums and we got what we want. And now we're trained to do that with all this permissive parenting. And the people who didn't have permissive parenting, their parents threw tantrums and you behaved. And so you learn, throw a tantrum to get what you want. So either your parents threw a tantrum to get you to behave 
or you threw a tantrum and then they gave you the ice cream that you wanted and they gave you whatever you want. You have to find a way to control your children without using negativity. And that I wrote a whole book on that called Children are from Heaven. It's yeah. a whole new way of parenting and it's not permissive parenting and it's not using danger and threat and punishment and guilt and shame to control your children. You see, there's new ways. Everything is new today. We have to take time to study and learn and then practice new ways. And we can literally, just like that stroke victim, we can learn to react in a positive way when we're threatened rather than react in these primitive negative ways from the past. And just like you, in terms of being a hacker when it comes to finances, what's the biggest mistake people make? You got a good stock, it goes down, you panic and yeah. you sell sure. <laughs> You sell it out. This is when you need to have some extra money to buy it up. It's gonna come back yeah. up. And yeah. what you need to know, since we have finance people, it's so clear to me what happens is I'm just in one month, I watch it, the psychology of it. If you have a hundred billion dollars and you've got one of these big funds or even a billion dollars, you can manipulate any stock. So what yeah. they do is they wait for something so that the foolish people will think, oh, it was President Trump said this, and therefore that's why the stock went down. No, they just wait for something to happen where they can blame it on that. And then all they have to do is start selling their own stock while it's at a nice level, so they're making money on it. Everybody else goes, oh, it's going down. And they jump into it going down. They wait till it goes down a nice amount. Then they say, all right, with our $100 billion, we'll just start buying it back. And it, that in itself will create the rise back up. They control it. There's no logic. There's no sense to it. It's pure manipulation. And it is using, like at 9-11, oh my gosh, they had 9-11 to crash the whole market. Yeah, they had this bank thing that they did to crash the whole market so that they could buy it back up. And each time it buys it back up. What was COVID? Oh, we've got COVID. Oh, we got a great excuse to say, oh, we don't believe in any of these companies. Are you kidding? You think Apple's going to go down because of COVID? You think Zoom's going to go down because of COVID? You think Tesla's going to go down? You think any of these big companies that are established that are growing, they're not going to go down. They're going to go down temporarily. They're going to come back up. This is all just market manipulation. Nothing happens to these companies. Maybe some companies absolutely are going to go down for a while, you know, like cruises and so forth like that. But let's again, let's sell those stocks and wait for it to go down and we're going to buy it back up and then everybody will buy it back up. You're being completely manipulated. We're manipulated in the stock market. We're manipulated by the news. We're manipulated in our relationships and we're manipulators in our relationships through our negative emotions. We need to stop it. And you get upset, you say, stop, 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 fake news. I'm lying to myself. I'm telling myself I'm a victim. I'm not a victim. I create my reality. But then you have to know what did you do wrong? What's your mistake? And when you learn your mistake, then you can no longer feel like a victim. And you can also find forgiveness. Everything is forgiveness. If you can't forgive, you're always in a hyper-stressed hyper state. I, I remember doing a show with Oprah. I've done many shows with Oprah. I used to be her coach during the 90s. And one of the wow. things she said that I liked was, uh, she said, you know, if you're resenting somebody, you're giving that person free space in your brain to torment you. It's the most foolish thing to hold on to the past. And yet people yeah. do. That's because monkeys can't let go. You know, you can do a thing with monkeys, with a certain set of monkeys, and you put a, the way you catch them is you put a box and you put some treats in the bottom of the box. And then you put a hole, which is just big enough for them to get their hand in. But once they grab the gold or the treats, they won't let go in their hand. They'll bite off their arm to get their arm up. They won't let go. 
Wow. Because once they got it, I'm not letting go. That's monkey mentality. We have our vengeance. We have our anger. We have our hate. We have our fears. We have our insecurities. All those things and our grief even, we can hold on to it and never let go of it. It's and ridiculous. this makes us feel better, like at, in the in the immediate moment, we're doing it because it's easier, or it makes us feel better. It's an um, addiction. It produces addiction. dopamine. It produces dopamine is pleasure. Now you may not think you feel better, but you actually are getting your brain is getting something out of it. Danger causes dopamine, and mm -hmm. dopamine produces aliveness. Maybe you don't think of it as pleasure; mm -hmm. you think of it as aliveness. Okay. You feel alive when there's danger. You know, uh, soldiers become addicted to battle. A very yeah, okay. common thing that they do is they go into these horrible situations. You know, for people to think that men are bad guys, it's just the 0.001% that causes wars. They cause the war. People don't want to fight wars. This is like a yeah. crazy thing. So they start these wars to make money and keep people in fear. But once you have the war, soldiers go to war and they're taught, you've got to save the world. We've got to dehumanize the enemy. So that's a lie. Every enemy is, is fathers and mothers with their children. Okay. They're not horrible people, but they dehumanize them. They say they do bad things like how Hitler got the Germans to do what they did. He made movies. This is when movies were just starting and he made movies of Jewish people raping blonde, blue eyed German women. They didn't do that. Programming. Yeah, and, and this is what they've done here in America. This is Donald Rumsfeld who started the Iraq ridiculous war, which I was demonstrating against one of the few people. I said it was shocking to me. But anyway, with Donald Rumsfeld, we'll call him evil guy wearing the black hat here. He did a study in 2003, a, a government study of women in colleges of who's been raped. And the conclusion of the study was one out of three women will be raped. So what was the qualification for rape? Well, if, if a man involuntarily raped you, we understand what that is. It's a violent act, it's unwilling, and he does something to you. Okay, that's bad, bad, bad stuff. Okay, that's A. But now, have you ever been, uh, had consensual sex with a man under the influence of alcohol? And he called that rape, because wow. women are not accountable under the influence of alcohol. So therefore it was induced by the man, bad man. Three, have you ever had a man kiss you or touch you in a sexual way under the influence of alcohol? And that was labeled as rape. So one out of three women have either had rape, consensual sex, or just kissed a man and maybe made out with him under the influence of alcohol and is considered rape. False news, false yeah. news. Nobody reads those studies. They yeah. just go in the news. Oh, one out of three. What does that do to a boy growing up? Men are rapists. Yeah. What does it do to girls? Men are rapists. I can't trust them. I can't. This is like the insanity of what they teach in universities, what they teach on the news, the reporting that we hear. Oh, I could just go on and on about supplements. Oh, when, remember when, when, they, when they said these ridiculous studies, omega-3 causes prostate cancer in men. Really? Well, read the study. First of all, there's thousands of studies talking about how omega-3s will actually prevent cancer and these various things in certain situations. So now against all these other studies, omega-3 is going to be called, is a cause of men's cancer. So what was the study? Well, let's read the study. Did those men even take omega-3s? No, they didn't take omega-3 pills, but they were saying now, if you take omega-3 pills, you could cause prostate cancer. No, none of those people in the study took omega-3 prostate omega-3 pills. It didn't happen. Second, why did they conclude that omega-3 could cause 
prostate cancer because they found in a significant, not that much, but in a significant number, it means that in many men who had prostate cancer, they had high amounts of omega-3 in their bloodstream. Well, what does that mean when you have high amounts of omega-3 in your bloodstream? It means your body is not utilizing fat. So you're not burning the fat, you're not using it. That's why it's sitting in your bloodstream and you're not taking supplements, first of all, but the food you're eating, you're just not able to assimilate. And certain vitamins allow you to assimilate omega-3, but put very simply in my message, which I'm teaching men and women, how to balance your hormones will lower your stress hormones. When you have stress hormones, you cannot digest fat, okay? So these are people who were stressed who got prostate cancer and it had nothing to do with the omega-3 and other studies that say, oh, men's testosterone causes prostate cancer. No, it's the absence of testosterone. The body then reacts by producing another kind of testosterone and that causes prostate cancer along with balding heads and so forth. It's due to stress. And when you have stress in your body, when you have stress, testosterone goes down, but then your body produces this other kind of testosterone, which has another name, and it will cause inflammation in your body. But it's a sign that your hormones are out of balance. So testosterone didn't cause it, omega-3 didn't cause it, but these limited partial truth studies lie to you by giving an overall impression that's exciting and it's new. And of course, anything that tells you that you can't be healthy without taking pharmaceutical drugs is gonna be the message of the TV shows. No kidding. And you know, that's why we've got Freedom Hack Radio and that's why we're, we're talking, we're having a conversation with long form content because I mean, what can you what can you get into in a five minute conversation? You, you can only even scratch the surface. And um, I feel like we're just so exposed with all of these different types of media and news and sound bites and social media. It's it's just tiny little pieces of the story. We can't, we can't possibly know what's going on there. And um, you know, so many people get taken up with their busy lives that they don't have time to, or, or they have the yeah. belief that they don't have time to look into these things. So, um, you know, what, what's some of the solutions to this? Do we need to just like limit the amount of time we spend with social media? I mean, I, I personally think we need to just turn off the news. Um, I don't even want to watch that for, to, you know, for a giggle or anything like that, because it's such, there's so much fakeness to it and manipulation. Um, I mean, what are you, what are we suggesting to people, especially like millennials that are, you know, what, what's a hack that we can get into here? Because this is what we're exposed with. Um, okay. So let me, let me tell the bare truth here. The most, the, the most negative thing for millennial males is porn. Yep. You just have to get, if you're a man and you're doing porn and that means you're actually having sex with a fantasy figure, you're actually raising female hormones in your body and testosterone's going down and you are addicted to that and you can't actually have a real relationship with a woman be successful. You won't feel the ability to be monogamous, to bond, to wanna to marry her, to have a long-term relationship. And many men say, well, I don't want that. I said, the reason you don't want it is because you haven't experienced the part of you that wants that. You're addicted. You're addicted. So, yeah. you know, it'd be like, think about uh, people who eat, people who are overweight. They're eating too many carbohydrates 90% of the time, processed junk food. Mm -hmm. and they feel that's authentic. I want to eat what I want to eat. And then you say, well, actually you need to start eating more vegetables and more hormone-free meats and you will start finding health, basic Atkins diet, and you will start losing your weight. Oh, but I don't want to eat that. I want to keep eating my junk food. Okay. Then you will suffer from that. 
and you, the other vegetables actually have no flavor for you, but try fasting for a week and eating vegetables and they taste like God food. Oh, absolutely. It's just fantastic. But you are addicted to the wrong thing. And when you're addicted to the wrong thing, you're not able to experience pleasure or well-being from the good thing. That's how it works. So when you're listening to the news and you're taking it into your subconscious mind, then your ability to know what is true diminishes rapidly over time. As Hitler said, besides putting the fake news about how bad the Jews were, what Hitler also did was... He said in his own words that if you want people to believe you and follow you, you mm. must tell them a lie that's unbelievable and just repeat it over, over and over and over. And, over. Again. Yeah. and the more a person believes a lie, the less self-confidence they will have. Your ability to know what's true, which is that you are a lovable person, you're a capable person, you can be capable and lovable in all situations. That is our inherent knowing of self-love if we know ourselves. But as soon as you start believing a lie, like I'm not, and as a child, we believe that lie when our parents treat us like we're not lovable, wonderful human beings with a bright, beautiful future ahead of us. When we're looked at as less than who we are, as children, we believe it. And the more we, but more it's repeated, the more we believe it. And the more we believe it, the less we're able to know what's true about ourselves. And the more we believe the news, the less we're able to know what is true about what makes us happy. It, it, free, it completely clouds our ability to experience the truth of life as we could see it. We can't see it when we believe lies. And when you see it over and over passively, your brain fixates on it and your brain integrates it as the truth because you put time into it. So put less time into it. Now, what I had to do, I, I'm a truth person, okay? I can flow and talk truth for hours. I've written all these books. I just write, write, write. I can talk, go, go, go. I know what my truth is. I'm a happy person. I'm a fulfilled okay. person. I'm a healthy person because I don't believe or expose myself too much to negativity. Matter of fact, when people used to riot and write negative letters to me and negative comments about men are from Mars, women are from Venus, I told my sisters, never show that to me until I ask you to. And I would okay. wait until I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> really? I'm in a bad mood. And then I say, okay, give it to me. I want to hear what they're saying. Because they couldn't make me feel worse. So it had very little effect on it. Really? See, the wow. problem of lies is you could be feeling good and then they make you feel bad. But okay. if you're already feeling bad, they can't make you feel bad. So you can easily dismiss them. That's nothing compared to what I've been through. You know, some of my wife's uh, relatives were from Auschwitz. They were little children during the concentration camps in Germany during Hitler's reign. And during that time, they, you know, they eventually escaped and whatever, but they look at our younger generation. They say, what are they upset about? It's nothing. I can't believe these people. This is like, yeah. what is it to cry about? What's it to complain no about? You're alive. And, you know, yeah. when my wife who died of cancer two years ago, I remember for the nine months where we found out she was stage four. And then she kind of went down after that of ovarian cancer, which is pretty tough at her age. And they just, there wasn't anything for her. And so we, we did a lot of wonderful things. And I'll just talk about how awful the medical system is because I know a lot about alternative health and whatever. And I know a lot of people who had wonderful supplements and various things that could help her and we're doing all that, but she couldn't take any of it because she had a tumor. We didn't even know there was a tumor, but it was blocking her digestive tract. Okay, there's a big tumor in her digestive tract and we're doing all this good stuff for her. She had the broken BRCA genes, which makes you very, very vulnerable to cancer. BRCA genes allow your body to shrink tumors. And if you have them broken, uh, then you can't shrink tumors if they start to develop. And we didn't know where her tumor came from. 
uh, and I could speculate on it. It was the stress of horrible lawsuits. Okay. Like, you know, I'm a well-to-do oh, person. So wow. people sue me all the time just to get me in court and have me settle. It's mm -hmm. just nonsense. And these were caretakers at our ranch that we supported for 10 years. Mm. <laughs> then they wanted to leave. And so then they sued us and okay. we had to go to court and they knew we wouldn't want to go to court over this. And so they, anyway, a big story. It's in just crazy. You have to settle because you don't want to spend three weeks in court. But it really bothered my wife because my wife really took care of these people. It was a huge stress on her. It was a shock to her, just shocking her. And often they say any heart disease or cancer starts when you have a huge shock that doesn't get resolved. And it was just too shocking for her. But anyway, the point is a tumor grew inside of her. She was very healthy and happy, but at some point suddenly she couldn't get food and out through her body. And we did an x-ray uh, and it was a tumor. Now, all you have to do, there's a $10 procedure to take tumors out of your body. You can actually, the college kids figured this out. Okay. For, you know, the study I'm talking about, nitrogen. You, you no, put nitrogen. No. Oh, you take a bucket of nitrogen. Nitrogen, you know, those, those, those chambers you go into that are super cold. That's, they put nitrogen yep. into those and yep. everything, the temperature gets really cold. The cryogenic so, chambers. Yeah. The cryogenics, right. So you just yeah. get nitrogen, the same thing they make those. And you put it into a tube uh, injection and you put with a little, little phone, you can actually just put your needle into the tumor, right where the tumor is, put your needle in there and inject it with nitrogen in one minute, oh, it's gone. Your tumor is gone. It disintegrates. It? Wow. Yeah, freezes it. And it's this procedure that's already known. Doctors don't do it that way. That would be how you do people in rural areas in Africa or something. Okay. They could take away tumors. You can do it right now in hospitals, only if you're part of this study that only lets you be a certain number of people in the study. We couldn't get into it. And only if the tumor is really tiny. But the reality, it can be any size tumor and it's gone in a minute. They could also just do a surgery where they suck it out. And that's a surgery that takes 10 minutes. 10 minutes, you can suck a tumor out. They wouldn't do it. I said, look, we're responsible for our health, but we'd like to get rid of this tumor because I can't get anything into her. Mm. Okay. She can't drink water. She can't cleanse. She can't, you know, everything you got to get food into. She's not she absorbing was, anything, no nutrients, right? She couldn't get any, she starved to death. That's basically what happened to her because oh, yeah, of this yeah. tumor blocked her body and they would not take the tumor out unless she did six rounds of chemotherapy, which she didn't want to do. She's a natural pure person, doesn't want to yeah. put poison in her body. And yeah. there's statistics on women in that age with those BRCA genes getting chemotherapy are not good at all. And she said, look, just take out the tumor. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. You know why? Because they make their money by doing that protocol. Of, no, we won't take out the tumor until we first clean everything out and with the chemotherapy and poison your body. So there'll be long-term side effects, but that's okay. Then we'll take your tumor out. What a lie. What a deception. All for money. Yeah. So what we have is a world filled with greed. And unfortunately, greed rules the healthcare system. And, you know, I, I deal with that. I let it go. You know, that's the nature of things. I don't, you know, it, it's people's negativity in this world. But in my world, I create my world. And I believe her soul's destiny was time for her to go anywhere on a bigger level. Because what I found, what she experienced in those nine months when I took care of her, she never let in more love than any time in her life. Wow. Sometimes that's the lesson for people when they get sick is to wow. learn how to receive her children taking care of her, I taking care of her, and so many people taking care of her. Uh, she truly felt wonderful. And by using all the, the sort of alternative things, she never felt pain throughout the whole time. And that's, wow, yeah, that's her body great. just disappeared. 
I remember massaging her the last night before she passed. And, you know, just I would do these massages on her. I was doing her spine. I said, honey, did you know he had scoliosis? Actually, her spine was actually coming apart. Okay, It was like going off to the side. I, I just thought, maybe you have scoliosis. We didn't know. Later, I figured it out. But I was just doing this little massage. And it was a, a very sad, sad thing to watch her go down. But there was so much love. And she was so positive throughout the whole thing. And it was a transformation. And we have to realize that death is a part of life and, and suffering doesn't have to be. And we have to learn how to move through our feelings is a big part of it, have healthier things that we can take, but death will come to all of us. It's a part of life. And you know, part of our healthcare challenge in America is that there's something like uh, 85% or 90% of healthcare costs, which is bankrupting our healthcare system for the government paying for mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. is the last uh, three weeks of life. Meaning we're really? trying to keep people alive for those last three weeks instead of letting them die. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, when we look at what's happening in the hospitals now when people go on ventilators, it's really about 90%, 95% of people die. So what are we putting on ventilators for? Keeping them away from their family, not being able to die holding hands with their family. And yeah, a few people survive. And so we're supposed to do it for those few people. Actually, we don't know that the people who survived the respirator wouldn't have survived if we just had given them some other type of medical support. We just don't know that because they go right to the respirator. So, yeah. you know, there's just so much money. And of course, what people don't know in America, at least, if you get them on that respirator where the 90% of them are going to die, something like that, you get an extra bonus from the government. You get $35,000 instead of $14,000 yeah. if you say it's a COVID death. So what it's, they say is if you die of a heart attack and you have COVID, you died of COVID. Yeah. So that's, and, again, it's, false news. It's false news. And, and it's, it's just that the way that the system's set up, the incentives are wrong. I mean, why, why are doctors actually incentivized financially um, as opposed to promoting positive health? Um, yes. Yeah, yes. and I see it everywhere. I see it in the pharmaceutical industry, in the in the medical industry, in the agricultural industry, in investing. It's it's kind of it's all around us. So we definitely need to be able to navigate in this and be able to have our own freedom in here as well. So, in your words, uh, John, how would you describe the ultimate freedom lifestyle? What does that look like for you? Well, it could look like a lot. Of, it's when you're coming as a general principle. It's coming when everything in your life is based upon a choice, not a, this, uh, a reaction based upon feeling like a victim. Okay, so that's my free life. I choose everything. And you know, it's taken a while to build this life, whereas I have enough money to live on without ever working again. Mm -hmm. And I have an abundance of love and my children love me and I've got grandchildren. I've got a house in a beautiful neighborhood where the weather is great. California, the fires are everywhere, but I feel very secure where I am because it's right next to the ocean. It doesn't get so hot here. Uh, so I've created a little heaven for myself. And I get talking about that. That's not very nice for people who don't have that. But I'm an example of somebody. I was a monk for nine years, purely celibate. And I was a real celibate during that time. I never did porn. I never did masturbation. I kept it in me. So that took discipline. You know, I think yeah. for men, you want to create yeah. a great life. You have to have discipline, which is loving discipline. For me, that was spirituality. Every day I meditate minimum a couple hours. Yeah, that's discipline. I go to the gym twice a week and I push those, those things harder. I, actually, I have to have a, a coach to do it, but he, he knows exactly when I'm ready to give up. And he says, give me five. <laughs> I just, you get I'd be embarrassed if I don't. Yeah. So 
it's a, it's a learning to choose the things in your life. And as you continue to do that, rather than obey your reactive mind, your false news, the primitive part of you, the reactive part of you, the not loving part of you, when you act, when you, when you act in the non-loving part of you, that's the way your, your brain becomes that. And that controls you. When you don't act on anything negative inside of you, but act on love, forgiveness, appreciation, gratitude, selflessness, service, discipline for a higher purpose. I mean, even now I, I'm free to eat whatever I want, but I only eat one meal. Okay. If you only okay. eat one meal, you can okay. eat whatever you want. And in that level of freedom, I can afford to eat food, which is really non-harm. Uh, what is it? Organic free. And it's uh, no hormones in the meat. So I'm rich in testosterone. If you're a man and you do pesticides and cheap meats, which have yeah. hormones in them, your estrogen levels go up. It's proven your testosterone goes down, but I'm conscious and I'm making choices in my life. And I, the main choice I make is the choice for love. And you wouldn't think I'm free. For example, I'm a monogamous man. I don't fool around. I make mm -hmm. a pick and I stick with it. Mm -hmm. And people go, oh, you're giving up your freedom. I said, are you kidding? I am free. I have the yeah. person I want to be with. I have great sex with her. Why would I want somebody else? I have great sex that. with yeah, I'm deep. I got love. And, and if I was single, oh my gosh, I'd be lusting after this woman or this woman or this woman, or if I wasn't satisfied within myself with my partner, and that's my job, mm. then I'm like looking for more over there, over there, over there. It's like, I remember when I was a young man, I didn't have all that down. It takes time to learn to be free. Yeah. But the, I was looking for, when I made more money from men or from Mars, then I said, oh, I want a bigger and better house. Okay, so now I'm looking around for two years. I looked at other houses and I lusted. Oh, I want that house and I want that house and that house, but I can't get it, can't get it. So when I finally got my dream home, now I can look at any house, you know, Bill Gates house, any anybody's house. I have no lust at all. I have no want for it. I have what I want. I, there's no... There's no emptiness in me longing for it. And I'm applying that to a, a guy who doesn't have great sex with his partner who loves him and he loves her. Then you see some hot chick over there. You see some skin. You go, oh, I wish I could get her. You can't. So you're constantly getting, I can't have that. I can't have that. Mm. Same thing with cars. You know, you see other cars for a guy. You go, oh, I wish I could have that. Well, I have that. So I don't even lust after cars. <laughs> but the key to it is love. You know, you can think, oh, you know, I got all this money. I've got a nice car, whatever I do. But how many men have a nice car, but are always looking at another car, feeling jealous, wanting to have that car and that car? You know, I know some millionaires, yeah. they got 15 sure. cars because sure. they're not satisfied with one. And, and one of the things that I'm hearing, like a common thread that I'm hearing is, is kind of relating to what I would imagine the experiences were like for you when you were a monk and, you know, similar qualities that you had when you were a monk and you're living them now. And now you've got, you know, you've got the financial things happening like this as well. And when you were a monk, you probably were sleeping on the floor and taking cold. I didn't care. And I didn't care. I had one goal, which was enlightenment to be one with the God. That was it. And do you feel like that's played a massive role in, in massive? Oh, massive. Yeah. That's, that's how I figured women out. Okay. So the, the way I figured women out with my book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus is my wife would do things to trigger me with all my enlightenment. She could trigger me. And, and so what I would do is because I know how to go into meditation and forget all my problems. See, I can mm. go into a trance. Okay. When I go into meditation, Suddenly, I don't think anything about this world. I can forget any Bob problem, anything that's going on, and it rebuilds my testosterone. 
So I have this additional testosterone production machine inside of me, which mm -hmm. is to forget all my problems. So men have this, they just haven't honed that skill. That's what meditation is, is to learn how to forget everything and just be spacious and enjoy that. It's very enjoyable once you can do it, but you got to have the brain plasticity to go to that place where you're not worrying about things. You're not thinking about things. You're not having any emotions. There's no emotion there. You just become totally detached and spacious and you forget all stress. Your stress levels go down. Now that's, I'm a, you know, they say, I'm a 50 year meditator. Okay. So I'm a master of this. It wasn't always that way. It was a boring job in the beginning. Uh, the meditation I started out with was repeat a sound. Okay. It's a sound mm -hmm. like, uh, well, take like Om or something. It wasn't for me, Om, but Om okay. or Satnam, 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 Satnam. And you're mentally doing that over and over and over. That takes a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. You see, it's boring in the beginning until you create a groove in your brain, which then allows you to forget anything that's stressing you out. And then what happens is it just feels effortless and automatic. It becomes a flow. And once it's a flow, then your estrogen starts coming in and you start experiencing bliss. So you're detached and you're also experiencing bliss. So for me, you know, when I became, you know, probably after about five years, I could sit in meditation for six to 10 hours and I wanted to. And it was literally like having sex with the universe. It wasn't sexual, but it was like that. You know, in sex, you don't want to stop. It's not hard to keep mm -hmm. having sex as long as you're hard. <laughs> yeah. And this, the energy just keeps flowing. Now I've been able to bring that into the bedroom, okay? The, the bedroom can be that spiritual experience of oneness with mm -hmm. your partner. And mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. And everybody has that for a brief moment. They become one with their partner. And then when their partner doesn't say something nice to them, they have no defense against it. That's why couples stop having sex with each other is that when you have sex with someone, you lose your defenses for a moment, you become, you bond with them, become one. And then the next day, if they're disappointed with you or critical of you, you take it personally uh, if you've had sex, unless you learn how to not take it personally if it's negative and how to take it personally if it's positive. And that's training in your brain. Anything negative is false news. So if she's upset with me, she's just forgotten how wonderful I am. But that takes years to develop. That's why a relationship can retrain your brain if your commitment is to love. Is that where you go? Like, so let's say, for example, I'm having an argument with my wife, you know, or, or, or she says something and I, I really didn't appreciate the way she said it and what she said. Like, or even the eye contact. Yeah. The way Just she like, looks at you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so would like, if, if something like that happens, she gives me the evil eye. She says something that I could interpret as hurtful. Should I go straight to a place of, of just trying to find something, notice something that I really love about her or remember something you that can't. is amazing about her? Or It's very hard to do. What you, the, the, for me, I'll just put it my way. If okay. you're on a tightrope and you're knocked over, you can't just come back into balance. If okay. you're just a little bit over it, you can come back to balance. But once you're triggered, you fell off, you've fallen okay. down. So what you have to do is disengage and start over. So okay. the way you disengage and start over is you know when to do it is if ever you get angry, your estrogen levels are soaring and your testosterone is going down. You're no longer a man. You're okay. feminized. And wow. don't every man want to be like a real man? Just to know when you're angry, you're not a real man. You've now gone over to this feminized version of yourself and you're weak and you'll be seen as weak and she won't be ever turned on to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you want, and she won't feel happy. Really. The real issue is when you're angry, it pushes women over to their male side that suppresses their femininity. It, they need more than anything for us men to be protectors. 
And what we don't realize is that when we're arguing, we're trying to be right. And we think if you see that I'm right, you won't be upset. But actually, if they see us as angry, it doesn't, regard, it doesn't matter if you're right, it's they're not safe. And men can't instinctively understand that because another angry man, an angry wife does means you might sleep on the bed or not have sex for a while, but your life's not in danger. Mm. But you have to realize historically, we, have, we carry history in our brains as reactions. When men get angry, they kill people. Mm. That's the primitive man, okay? The primitive yeah. man loses control when he's angry. So literally inside of women, there's a genetic gene that says angry man, not safe must shut down, cannot be vulnerable. And what women need more than anything today, more so than any other generation, is they need help to come back to feeling their feminine side, which can only come forth when she feels really safe. So you asked a very practical thing. I gave a theoretical answer. So here's the practical answer. If I notice that I'm getting angry, and in the beginning, Bonnie would just put her hand up and gave the signal, which time is- out. Time out. That's yeah. it. We just kept practicing. If you're angry, I'm not listening. And yeah. if you don't have that understanding, a woman can say something like, you know, I'm sure what you're saying is right, but I've just got all these buttons getting pushed inside, or I've just been triggered inside and it's not your fault. I just want to be able to appreciate what you said. I'm sure it makes sense, but I, I'm in a place right now where I have to deal with my stuff. So I'm sorry. And that man will let you go. If you don't do it like that, some of these men that are not educated, they'll run after you. Or women will run after you if you just do a timeout. Okay, I need to think about this. Well, why would you need to think about it? Don't you love me? Don't you care about me? Why would you do that? You say you care about me, but you didn't. She'll pursue him Time and out. try to get him to talk. It's an mm -hmm. instinct because women know that if they can talk and somebody will listen, their estrogen goes up, their stress goes down. Hmm. So they think the way to calm him down is to get him to talk more. And if ah. you listen to him, he will calm down. No. Matter of fact, the more you talk when you're angry, the angrier you will get, the more estrogen you will produce, or the more argumentative you are, the more you talk, because argument is actually fear, okay? That's what, you know, you're defending yourself. That's fear. You may not know you're afraid, but that's what you're afraid. You're, you don't argue if you're not afraid. You can, oh, well, let's take some time with this. What do you mean by what you just said? You're easygoing. Arguing intensity is based on fear, and it shows up often in men as anger. So mm. now we know that that's what's going on. Do you want to be a man? Do you want to culture a brain that says, I'm, I'm a Kung Fu master. Nothing disturbs me. My feet are rooted in the ground. I can handle anything. I'm confident, capable, loving, supportive. That's who you want to be as a man. Now, you're not going to be that. It takes years of training to be there. You know, I started this stuff as a karate master at 13 years old. I was a karate nice. kid. I was in magazines. I'm really good at following teachers, learning discipline. And then I learned to meditate as a monk. I gave up ejaculating. I gave up eating meals a day. I had one bowl of food a day. I slept on the floor and there were beds, but I wanted to find my happiness from inside, not outside. And when mm. you do that, you gain pathways that you're happy no matter what the conditions are outside of you. Then you get a little spoiled when you get rich or you get with a woman and she makes you so happy. You start depending on her for, for feeling happier. And women can mm. do that. Here I'm this monk. But making love with my wife made me happier than anything on a physical level. Mm. So now I'm dependent on her. So I'm bonding with her. And if she's not loving me, boom, that I have no defense against that. So I get triggered. But for me and what I teach men is you can learn how to disengage, time out, go off and do something. Your mind wants to blame her. Just say false news, false news, fake news, fake news, and do something that makes you feel good. Now, ultimately, if you learn how to meditate, it's the easiest because you can easily, very quickly let go of it. 
because you can connect with the part of you which is detached. You see, mm -hmm. the truth is, as human beings, we've got this mind, we've got this will, we've got this spirit, we've got this soul, and all these parts of who we are. And if you have meditation, you can connect with this part of you that's a little distant from this life, okay? You know, if you look at, for example, anybody can do this, look at pictures from childhood to now. Okay. And at every stage of life, you're different. You think yeah. differently now, you feel differently. Now. But look at that picture and there's still the same guy in most of those pictures, right? That's mm -hmm. you. That's the unchanging part of you. That's the witness, this present. And that presence mm. is, men can access it so much easier than women because testosterone pushes the emotions away temporarily and allows us to go into this non-emotional presence that's just observing. So meditation helps you just to observe. And so what you can do then is you can look at your emotions and observe it if you recognize that it's a losing strategy to believe your emotions. You look at them, you embrace them like a parent loving a little child who's throwing a tantrum because you're just throwing a tantrum. And then you listen to that child, that child will stop crying after a while, stop being angry after a while. They just need to be heard. The need is to be heard. You got triggered because your wife wasn't hearing you and appreciating you. So you mm. have to do it. So you have to give to yourself. That's one approach. For me, that was quite easy to do because of my meditation. Not mm -hmm. all men do that. So they don't have that ability to immediately raise their testosterone by forgetting their problems. So working out in a gym will actually lower your stress levels and allow okay. you to forget you, you know, your problem. Uh, doing some exercise, solving a problem, doing some work, which is you're good at. And do anything you're good at that requires effort. And if you're good at it, it requires effort. You're making testosterone. So you're not making this uh, emotion at that time. You okay. want to detach from your emotions. Then once you're feeling good, so you have ways to feel good without depending on your partner. When you can feel good, not depending on your partner, then reflect, use this part of the brain. Now you can use it because you're not in stress. Reflect on what happened and blame her in your mind. You say every, every problem has two sides to it. So let me look at her side first. What did she say? What did she not say? This is the most important technique. It's called objectification. Okay. I'm going to be like an objective person saying, okay, what did she say? What did she not say that she should have said? Okay, that's it. Just observe. What did she do? Mostly men just get, I'm angry with her. She's like, oh, whatever. No, what did she say? What did she do? What did she not do? That would have made you feel good. What should she have done if she's a bad person? What should she have? So just objectively look at the way you look at it. And once you've done that, then you've done it. Now it's so easy to say, now what should I have done? What did I do? What did I not do? What should I have done? And now you're in your problem solving mode. Mm. And when you're problem solving what happened, your testosterone goes up, your heart can open. Then you come out of your cave with more love and you don't tell her what she did wrong. It never works in relationships to tell your partner they're wrong. <laughs> Just, okay. You don't need to. Ultimately, your partner, when you're love, when you do loving things in your man, it opens her heart and she will grow in love for you. For women, it's not so much what you do, it's how you respond to a man. So if you go back to a man and say, oh, I realized I was so, uh, I overreacted to that, or I made a big deal out of that, or, you know, I didn't appreciate you at all. And I realized you do so much for me and I'm sorry it sounded that way. A guy will melt, a melt. Yeah. Oh, that's all he wants to hear is he's successful in being there. He's not the big problem to make him out to be. 
Yeah. Okay. Wow. So to re to re uh, summarize that, uh, something's flaring up. Time out, and then man goes away. He does some breathing exercises, meditates, goes does a little workout, works on something, solves a problem, and then he goes through the exercise of okay, you know, what did she do wrong, and then what did I do wrong? You know, what can I do about it? And then come back and no blame. No blame. No blame. Just show her. And usually if there's an argument, she's already sort of like this. So you don't go back and say, I'm so sorry about what happened. She's not ready to be forgiving anyway. You go back and you're friendly. You might come back and, you know, we used to have a ritual when I come out of my cave. I just come into the room and stroke her hair and stand by her and do something, help her with something she's doing. And she got, oh, now John's coming back with love. And then she starts to soften and soften. We don't bring up what we're arguing about right away. That's really, it's still, it's like an open wound. You know, it's a bruise. Yeah. You wait a while. You have to start loving each other, being nice to each other. And then you come back to that situation. I come back to it. And this time I come back to it with wisdom of how not to do what I did wrong last time. Okay. I don't focus on what she should do differently. And I don't tell her what she should do differently. Wow. Unless she was to say, I want to, I want you to help me understand how I could have handled that situation differently. And I, then I would be treading on very thin ice, even if I did that because I don't want her to defend herself. Because mm -hmm. when people defend themselves, they grow neurotransmitters, <laughs> they grow neural connectors in their brain towards negativity. She should never have to defend herself against me. That allows women to open up more and more. And a quick little example of this, and I'm gonna do it, try and do it real quick. Okay. When I was just learning all this and learning that women talk to me in my office and they cry and then they feel better and they leave happy. They come in with problems, they leave happy and nothing changed in their life then I realized the power of listening. So I went upstairs and one day and my wife was rather stressed out and upset. And I'd just been out of town and come back and there were a lot of problems and she wanted to talk about it. So I said, well, let's talk about it. Tell me what's going on. And she went on for an hour talking about complaining about her life and everything that went wrong. But to me as a man, for every complaint she had, I had a comeback answer. You shouldn't be upset about that. But see, she was upset about it. Yeah. Pardon? You want to solve the problem and she's just yes. releasing her emotion. She's, yeah. She's just talking about it. She needs to talk about it. And, and because I was being such a good listener saying the three things that I teach men help me understand that better. Okay. So you're saying this and this and she's, yeah, yeah. So what else? And then what else? Well, tell me more about that. So you're saying this and this. So it's supportive the whole way through, even though what's going on inside of me is a part of me like a defense attorney. I'm ready to defend <laughs> against every single thing she said, why she shouldn't be so upset about it, why she's making a big deal of it. Let me give an example of that. She might say, oh, there was just so much mail. Well, honey, everybody gets mail. <laughs> just a simple, anything she says, we could rationalize it to minimize it because that's how we often cope with stress. Minimize it, not such a big deal. Don't worry about it, forget it. Well, there's nothing we can do about it. So what can we do about it? If we can't do anything about it, forget it. So yeah. we have all of our mechanisms that work for us. They don't work for her. But I didn't know that. I just had all these reactions. As soon as she's reacting to her life, now I'm reacting to her, but I have the good wisdom of not saying anything, but I'm going to wait. And then after about an hour of my listening, I said, so do you feel completely hurt? She says, yes, yes. Do you think anything else? Any last thing you want to tell me? She said, no, that's it. And I said, well, would this be a good time for me to tell you how I feel? <laughs> And I'm ready to ruin the whole thing with oh, all no. my feelings. After an hour. <laughs> After that, so she said, I said, would this be a good time to tell you how I feel? And she said, no. And I'm like, how dare you inside? How dare you? I listened to you for an hour. You're not going to hear my side of it. But anyway, I didn't say that. 
I said, would this be a good time? And she said, no. And I said, well, help me understand that better. <laughs> and she said, John, I feel like right now, I just want to bask in the sunshine of your love. I'll let you know when I'm ready to hear what you have to say. Well, that's beautiful. Did that just like change your mood? And you're just like, all right, I now have nothing to say. (laughs) Well, not yet. Now I'm not so perfect, but that was shocking to me. So it made it easier for me to not have to unload my ammunition on her. Then she Mm -hmm. said, I just want to, I just want to make you dinner now, your favorite dinner. So she changed the rest of, you know, she, chicken and mashed potatoes and peas. So she's feeling her love and wants to do something loving for me. So then she's in the kitchen and I'm sitting there still grumpy, still feeling threatened, you know, defensive, but I was, it was softening, starting to soften a bit. And I looked at her and it was like, she was in a Disney movie. Okay. She was literally singing a song and she was rarely does she sing in those days. And she was singing a song and it was as if there were little bluebirds chirping around her and she was in a, a snow white gown. Yeah, literally. It was something out of a fantasy. Something happened to her. And I'm looking at that. Then the kids came to dinner and whatever. And it was a normal evening, but I still had maybe half of that tension inside of me still. I went to bed kind of grumpy, curled up on my side of the bed, turned out the light. She came in, turned the light up at halfway, which is our signal for sex. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then she went to her drawer where she often has some sexy little things to wear. She undressed over there and put on the sexy things. <laughs> She wanted me to see. Then she came over and got into bed. And I'm like, I, I'm feeling inside. What, what does she want to have sex with me now? She just blew, blew me to pieces and now was to have sex. So part of me says, I'm just going to go to sleep. So I still kept turned over. And she basically got into bed. And within a minute, she sort of snuggled up next to me. And then her hand went to my thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly, I'm ready to have sex. I've forgotten that we had a problem. Okay, so I had sex. We made, we made love basically because sex makes me so loving and we made love and I went to sleep and in the morning she, she cuddles up next to me and she says, are you awake, John? I said, yes. She says, you know, you said you had some feelings you wanted to share with me. I think if you want, this is a good time for me. What is it you want to <laughs> tell me? Beautiful. That is beautiful. And I saw... There's nothing I need to tell you. All of that defensiveness in me, gone. Why? Because my testosterone, I had been successful in making my wife happy in sex. And that Mm. is the ultimate victory for men. You are alpha man to the historical being inside of you. When you, when the woman wants to have sex with you and you have sex with her, my testosterone went up. My estrogen didn't flare up like it was yesterday. And now I felt at peace. So there was nothing to bother. So what I know now is if men get laid, I teach this to women, if you can get to a place where you can enjoy sex with him, you will have a happy man all the time who wants to give to you. But it is training. You've got to train your brain. And right now, men are trained to be reactive because we are more sensitive than ever before, not because of conditioning, not because of hormones. All of that plays a piece. You know, right now, boys are taught to be girls. You know, you're not allowed to be masculine. It's really very confusing for us. And then you've got pesticides that feminize us. We've got plastics that feminize us. We've got hormones and meat that feminizes us. But the, the bigger picture of the whole thing is this excessive masturbation online. I mean, that really yeah. just throws us over the loop. If men could just know masturbation lowers testosterone. And at a time when we've got so many factors uh, feminizing us, 
don't waste your male energy. And even if you don't even believe about energy, although every guy knows when he masturbates, he feels awful afterwards, feels good while you're doing it and you feel awful afterwards. That's because your energy just, you just threw it away. It's like you lost your account. You lost on a stock, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you get over it, you adjust to it. Then you're addicted to it. You see, that's when your testosterone goes down. You, you crave the moment where you're having the fantasy sex, which gives you a surge of testosterone, but then it goes down further. And even, even biologically in a simple level, every time you ejaculate, you lose a lot of zinc and zinc yeah. is necessary in order to, re- to build testosterone. Wow. So you have zinc deficiency in these guys as well. So they don't make testosterone. It's just a, 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 a unfortunate thing. Then you get in a relationship, you know, the, the guys are growing up today, all this what appears to be for some men, a lot of sex without having relationship, easy women, because women are pressured to compete with other women by having sex sooner. Yeah. When you have sex soon with a woman, you also deplete your energy and you lose interest in her and you become more interested in a new and different woman. You need to know a woman. You need to be able to hear her talk, express her feelings, do things for her. And if you can still get an erection with her, then have sex with her. But if you can't have a conversation with her, hear her different points of view, hear her feelings about life and so forth and do things for her and feel like she appreciates you a lot. Then you have sex with her and your, your soul is nourished because she loves you back. If she doesn't know you, she can't love you back. She's loving a fantasy. You're loving a fantasy. It's uh, it's not as bad as porn, but you're wasting your energy. And it's it's just not satisfying. And I've been down that path. You know, I paid the I played the path of pretending I was Casanova when I was younger. And and I even remember getting to a point where I literally remember having sex with this lady that I met that night. And I was on top of her, and I was I was pumping. And then I was just like, "What am I even doing? Like, I'm not even into this right now." And it's almost like I could have just like stopped. And then I actually wanted to just stop and then just walk away because I knew I was being like uh, inauthentic to myself. But I knew. If I did that, that that would also be probably emotionally disturbing to her if I stopped halfway through. Um, but yeah, that that was a very pivotal moment for me, and I'm like, what am I even doing, man? And, I, and at that point, I'd been doing it for years too. Yeah. So um, interesting no, I, stuff. And and I know a lot of the uh, the estrogen and, and testosterone that you've been talking about today. You cover that a lot in uh, Men from uh, Sorry Beyond Mars and Venus, which is your yeah. newest book, um, which yeah. I believe is your twenty eighth book. And uh, I'm super excited to read that one. And for everybody listening, you can actually check out uh, Beyond Mars and Venus at MarsVenus.com. Uh, that's also where John has tons of blog articles. There, he's I mean, really digs deep into some super super awesome and really really relevant topics. And so much of that's free. And something also that you shared with us last time is that you have a free course right now that uh, it lasts for about four days. And you know, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're single, married, this course accommodates to you. And, um, and the course is actually called how to get everything you want in relationships, women, men, couples, and singles. And, um, and for all of you listening, uh, John's offering this course for free. And if you don't, take advantage of it you've 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 got rocks in your head you've got to take advantage of it um it's 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 amazing and you can get it at marsvenus.com is there anything you want to do you want to say about that well, course? first of all thank you for acknowledging that and i want to be clear it's a different course for single men it's a different course for single women it's not a one course meets all it really it's- highlights into your specific issues whether you're single man single woman couple man couple woman and i'm getting 
as many rave reviews on that course as I used to get on Men Are From Mars when it broke out. Wow. Um, you know, when it broke out, everybody was talking about it. But now when people take that course, they're really getting a short version of the best ideas of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and the best ideas of Beyond Mars and Venus with the update. So highly recommend. It's free. Go for it. Yeah. And for everyone listening, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, you will be able to see a link in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on the link and you can get started there. And, you know, I really, really appreciate uh, the conversations we have, John. I just love it. We just, I I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. And, um, you know, before we take off, I I am actually curious, what's got you so excited um, about the, the coming year ahead? Is there anything that you're working on that's got you super amped or what's what's it got you really excited about the next 12 months well right now i don't know how long this is gonna last but having made so much money in in two weeks three weeks (laughs) i'm amped on teaching women how to do the stock market with their whatever assets they have okay so that they become less dependent on jobs that are not fulfilling Mm. and they don't have to do see what happens the world is a mess mainly because women are unhappy Men cannot be happy without women being happy. That's, you can call that codependent, but that's a reality. We work to provide for women. That's our meaning in life. And when women aren't able to be happy, our energy just goes down. And part of this whole thing is for women who are now on their independent side, they can't just go back to their side, which is more dependent on men. They need to have this sort of independence along with feeling vulnerable and dependent on your love. And if women can learn that using the stock market Within a completely safe way, you'll never lose money. You may not make money that week, but you don't lose it. And you don't put a lot of time and energy into it with covered calls. You can make 1% a week, or I'm making 4%, 3%, I don't know at other times, but at least any stock out there, I can make 1% on a week. And if you did 1% a week and you compounded it, you'd make actually more than 100% of your money. That's doubling your money in a year. Yeah. And then that's double. And now compound that the next year as four times what you put into it, three years into it, it's eight times what you put into it, four years of putting your little nest egg away. You can make 10 times more in four years. This is like crazy. And, you know, when it comes to stocks, people are always saying, well, why don't people do this more with stocks? Because when you do covered calls, you're limiting your potential to make more than 1% or 2%. And other people you read about, oh, I, this person made a thousand percent, you know, this person made 15% more. So you're always tempted to go for more. That's our greed. It's already amazing. If you don't, anyway, that's the, I, I don't want to teach stocks yet. I, I got to become more of a master of it, but I'm very excited about being able to teach that particularly for women, because women, but all these single women are out there doing male jobs and they've lost their femininity and they need to downsize coming back to not having to work so hard for their survival so they can get back into their female side where they can enjoy their lives more instead of these testosterone producing jobs. So this is a job that actually doesn't produce testosterone, but produces estrogen because it's completely safe and it fulfills your need and it gives you more and more. Women need to feel they can have more and more without having to be stressed because right now we're just going in the wrong direction. So I'm so excited to finally get into the money realm for particularly for women because women need to feel safe and to have more. 
And they also, modern women today want to feel more independent than depending fully on a man. So this is a way she can be on her female side and be on her male side in a safe way. Then she can let a man into her life and completely open her heart to him. So this is like fun for me. And that's awesome. And in this circle of reciprocity, you get to also be the provider and provide to women by doing that, by helping them out. Yes, so I do. <laughs> so everybody wins. That's awesome. Everybody wins, without a doubt. <laughs> that's beautiful. Excellent. Well, I can't, again, I can't thank you enough. I really, really love our conversations. It really means a lot to me. And I, I, I know I got some nuggets out of this today, some really huge nuggets, and I'm sure everybody listening got tons of nuggets. So make sure to keep in touch with, uh, with John Gray here. And for people that want to keep in touch what's the best way to keep in touch mate just go to marsvenus.com and you know we actually have anybody comes to there you can get free coaching you know free coaching sessions i've got thousands of coaches around the world and they provide coaching for people if they need some mars venus coaching the first session is free and if you see if you like to do it then you continue on and uh there is also facebook that I do where people ask questions on Thursdays at uh, 10 o'clock Pacific time. I just did 30, three and a half hours today. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I can go on forever and ever. But uh, anyway, so that, that's how I'm available to the public. Uh, and I'm happy yep. to answer people's questions. I have something called the Insiders Club, which is every day you get a two hour seminar from me <laughs> every day, a different one. Wow. And it's very cheap. And you also, as an insider, when you watch my Facebook show every Thursday, you get to the top of the list of questions because I can't get to all the questions. So you always get to the top of the list on the questions and make sure you get that interaction. And, and sometimes I make myself available for a private question if you don't want to ask it in front of other people. But I, I just don't have time to do that. I'm so busy. Yeah, you're too busy changing the world, man. I love that. I right. really appreciate right. that, that about you. So for anybody listening right now, if you could just take 20 minutes out of your day and then, you know, follow John and then look at some of the stuff he's doing, read some blogs and then get yourself off social media and get into something that's actually going to bring more fulfillment to your life. <laughs> so thanks a lot. Really, really appreciate it. Um, love your work. Love what you're doing in the world. I've got so much appreciation for it and you just show up with so much energy. Um, and that really means a lot to me. So thank everybody for listening today. Um, I hope you've really got a lot out of it. If you have, make sure to subscribe to the channel. And until next week, this is Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. Live large and live free.